Welcome to a live preaching message from the Kadesh Family Church, Manhattan, New York City. Kadesh Family Church, Manhattan, is the Apache of the Kadesh Family Churches in North America, where the Word of God is imparted clearly, practically, and comprehensively for present-day living. Our aim is to provide solid foundation of Bible-based instruction to our church members, to equip them to preach and teach the gospel wherever they may be. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message.
grateful for our situation. Hey, you are. You are a great and mighty God. God mighty God. So great, so beautiful, 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 beautiful for our situation. You are. You are the joy of the whole world. The great and mighty you God. Are
going out and our coming in. You have delivered us from the sun splinters by day. You have, you have guided our feet away from the path of the scorpion, the adder, and the serpent. Even in times of difficulty, your arm was always around us. And we thank you this afternoon. We say you are a good father. You are a good father. You are a good father. And we thank you for having a father like you. In Jesus' name. Amen. You are a good father. Who you are. You are a good father. Who you are. And I'm loved by you. You are a good father. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. You are a good Hallelujah. Thank you very much. What a good father. Hallelujah. Wow. It's Father's Day. And happy Father's Day to all the fathers. I say happy Father's Day to all the fathers. Hallelujah. Like I was saying, I'm told that I'm more, they sell more cats on Mother's Day than on Father's Day. I'm told. More cats are sold on Mother's Day than Father's Day. More restaurants are full on Mother's Day than Father's Day. Is that true? This, and, and even I'm even told that even they decorate churches more on Mother's Day than on Father's Day. <laughs> and the evidence speaks for itself. <laughs> All that I will say that it's not easy to be a father. But that's our lot. So we have accepted it. Hallelujah. But let me tell you something. You know, I, I shared a message with you this morning. Actually, what I'm going to share this afternoon is actually a continuation or the other side. So, we might probably have to listen to both so we can get the right picture. Yeah. You know, that scripture which we're going to talk about, which says, honor your father and your mother. You see, I started this afternoon by saying that we should 
one of the greatest blessings God can ever give to you is to give you a father you can honor. You see, because the Bible says, honor your father and your mother. That it may be well with you on earth. Are you hearing me? So when God gives, so, so it's being well with you. I'm not preaching for long, so listen to me carefully. It's being well with you has to do with your ability, your ability to honor your father. That's when it will be well with you on earth. And the well here means well. Well means well. It means well in every area you can think of. Financially well, maritally well, socially well, academically well, health-wise well. That's what it means. In every area. And God said that that state, to get into that state, it comes with your ability to honor a father or for a mother. And I was saying that that being said, that being a statement, that being a fact, the reality of the situation, the reality of the situation is that not every father is easy to honor. To be honest, some fathers are difficult to honor. I mean, the fact is, you must honor the father. But the truth of the matter is that, practically speaking, some fathers are not easy to honor. Some fathers are difficult to honor. I mean, for you, you must read your Bible, fast, pray, have your quiet time, deliver. It's like you have to do a lot. Oh, I agree with you, brother. <laughs> Difficult. Just by who they are. And, and sometimes you can under, look, like I was saying, I was saying, last week I was in Philadelphia, and after I finished preaching, a lady came to see me. I was talking about something came about fathers. He said, Look, Reverend, you have described my situation. I have to struggle to honor my father. I really, really have to bend backwards. And as she began to elaborate, you can understand. You can understand why she is struggling. Because you see, when you are dealing with a father who can but will not, the man can but will not. The man does not take care of you, disrespects you, behaves in any way in the house, disrespects everybody. You know? And, you know, the child asks herself, What did I do? What did I do that you don't like me? Is it my fault that you had me outside marriage? Is it my fault? I'm asking. That was the child's question. Is it my fault that you want to impregnate another woman outside my mom? Is it my fault? And for that reason, you don't acknowledge me and you don't like me. Is it my fault? Is it my fault that you are married to my mom, but you want to sleep with another woman and, no, you are married to my stepmom. And you want to sleep with my mom outside marriage and you gave that to me. And because of that, you, you don't like me, you despise me, you mistreat me, as, as if I'm the cause of all your problems. Is it my fault? 
when you were sleeping with that woman, didn't you think about it? So what did I do? That I feel so rejected. Yeah. So you can see why it is difficult to honor such a father. That's why the, that's why the girl was telling me that, what did I do? You see, see, which is what we have to understand that at the end of the day, the child did not come into the world by themselves. You brought them into this world. Whether legal, illegal, crossroad, across road, uptown, downtown, it's your fault, man. <laughs> Take your responsibility. Take your responsibility. The child did not give themselves into the world. You hear me, church? So after she said that, I said, yes. I agree with you. I understand you. I agree with you. I understand with you. I, uh, I, no, I didn't agree with her. Correction. I understood, understand what you are saying, but I don't agree with you. I under, totally understand, but I don't agree. I understand where you are coming from, but I don't agree. Because, then I, that's when I gave that illustration, which I'm going to repeat. That's, listen to me. When you see a car, the car has two uh, metals in front, the brake and the accelerator. If you want the car to move forward, you have to press the accelerator. Okay? That's the only way the car will move forward. So, if somebody gives you a car, and by the grace of God, the car naturally fits your leg, so that when you're sitting, you naturally touch the accelerator and goes. Bless you. But if you are given a car, that your leg does not touch the accelerator. If you, if you want to move forward, then you must adjust yourself. Then you have to adjust yourself. Either you push the seat forward, you push the seat down, you put the pillow. It is up to you. If you want the car to move, whether the accelerator fits you or not, you have to adjust yourself. That is the only way the car will move. So if God gave you a father that fits you well, God bless you. But a father that's not fit you, you still have to adjust yourself if your life wants to go forward. That's what it is. If you want your life to go forward, God bless you if the father fits you perfectly. But if the father does not fit, does not fit, it is up to you to adjust. Push the seat up. Push the seat down. Remove some pillows. Whatever you need to do. Because with that thing on the accelerator, the car will not move forward. So don't use your inability to read the accelerator as an excuse. Forward. That's what it is. So you, it's up to you to adjust. It's up to you. Yes, God. Some people, the car perfectly fits them. So it was easy. That's why I said, that's why I thought I understand. But I don't agree. 
I understand because some people it's easy. If your father took care of you, when you were a child, you went to the park, you played, you played Lula Poop, daddy, then he will catch you, pick you in school, drop you. Uh, even when your boyfriend comes, he's talking to the boyfriend. Of course, it's nice to. It's nice to honor such a father. Pay your fees, everything. It's nice. But when you have a father who doesn't want to acknowledge you that you exist. Yeah. You still have to adjust. Church, are you hearing me? Yeah. That's what I was saying this morning. You have to. You have to. Unfortunately, the the responsibility or the onus is on you to adjust. If the car has to move forward. Otherwise, the car will not move. Otherwise, you see, you can give all the excuses. The car is this, um, uh, it doesn't fit my leg. You can give all, you're fine, we will understand the excuses, but the car will not move. Because God has stated emphatically and categorically that your life moving forward has to do with you honoring. I wish, or not that I wish, because I'm not God. I mean, if God has said, honor your good father, that would have been a different story. Honor the father who took care of you, that would have been a, good, a different story. Honor the father who pays your fees, that would, but that's not what he said. He said, honor your father, whether he's a jailbird, a drunkard, an armed robber, a CEO of a bank, a, a president, a reverend minister, a crackhead. And so long as you, you, you can be traced to his pen. <laughs> Are you hearing me? See, the only criteria is that so long as we can trace you to his sperm, that's it. Whatever, whatever that sperm is. Church, are you hearing me? It's, 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 you know? That is why I said this morning that so you are blessed. Okay? You are blessed. When God gives you a father that is easy to honor. Are you hearing me? Do you see the blessing? It's like, for you, the thing that brings blessing is easy for you to do. You understand? The thing that makes it well to do for you, is easy for you to do. It's to honor. So God gives you somebody that is easy. You are actually blessed. Hallelujah. That is why QFC, UD, should never take for granted the father that God has given us in this ministry, Bishop Dagwood Mills. Because, because he is so easy to honor. You know, some pastors, you have to quote a lot of verses to honor them all. But by the grace of God, God has given us a father who is so easy to honor by his action, his deeds, his words, his commitment, his zeal. When you look and say, I can honor this father. By the grace of God, no scandal, no news, nothing. By the grace of God. So that you feel proud to say that this is my father. And therefore, honoring him is easy. And you automatically receive the blessing. Hallelujah. 
So that's why I ended my message this morning. And then I went to, so, and then I went to talk about the signs of a, a, a child. Son, signs of a son. The father calls somebody daddy, mommy, that's not me, the person is your father. Please, at all. Your signs. Okay? But this afternoon, I want to give you the other side of it. So this morning was more like a warning. Okay? It was a warning to children how to relate with fathers. Okay? I said this morning was a warning to children. That's why I use the car analogy. No matter what. But this afternoon, it's not a warning. This morning was a, a, a warning to the sons and daughters how to relate so that it may be well with them. But this afternoon, it's not a warning. It's not a warning. This afternoon, it's an appeal to the fathers. This morning, I want to appeal to fathers. Sorry, this afternoon. It's an appeal. Because you cannot, you cannot warn a father. You cannot rebuke a father. Rebuke not an elder. You can only appeal. So I stand here this afternoon to appeal to fathers. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And I'm surprised they, they acted that play because I didn't even talk to them. But they acted the play. I didn't, I didn't even know what they were going to do. It was the Holy Spirit at work. The verse that they used, the verse that they shared was my message. And I didn't even speak to them. I was very surprised. Malachi 4 6. Let's start from Malachi 4, maybe. Malachi 4, maybe let's start from um, Malachi. Malachi 4, 4, maybe. An appeal to the fathers. No, 4, 4, 4, 4. It says, remember ye, remember ye the law of Moses, my servant, which I commanded unto him in Horeb for all Israel. Remember what I gave, remember the law. Remember when I gave Moses the law in Israel with the statutes and judgment. Remember. Remember that what I told Moses when I gave Moses the commandments in Mount Horeb with the laws and the statutes. And, what, what, and, 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 and then what? Verse 5. So, remember the commandment? Remember what I told Moses? Which is? Which, which, remember the commandment? And what, and what did he tell Moses? Now your father and mother. That was the commandment he gave to Moses in Horeb among the Ten Commandments. Among the Ten Commandments he gave in Horeb was honor your father and mother that it may be well with you. So remember that commandment. And because that commandment is so important and has a lot of consequences, if it is not obeyed, this is what I'm going to do. Behold, I will send Elijah, the prophet, before the coming of the great and the dreadful day of the Lord. Okay? Before Jesus Christ comes. I will send Elijah, the prophet, pastors. And this is what I want them to do. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, and the heart of the children to their fathers. Why is it important that I am sending a, a prophet, a pastor, a man of God, a messenger, to turn the heart of the father towards the children, and the heart of the children towards the father? Why is it so important? Remember what I told Moses? Because in Horeb, I gave Moses a commandment that, look, when you want it to be well with you, you have to obey your father and mother. And the way things are going, if I don't intervene, something bad will happen. And this is why I am sending the pastors, the prophets, because if that does not happen, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. 
lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. It means that when the heart of the father is against the son, and the heart of the son is against the father, a curse comes about. It may not be well with you. Whenever that condition is created, anytime that condition is created, where there's a disparity between the father does not like the son, and the son does not like the father, suddenly what comes out of that condition is a curse. It will not be well with you. That is why I am sending Elijah to appeal. Church, are you hearing me? That's why I'm here to appeal him. You know, the, when, the first time I read this verse, you see, almost the time I read this verse, we always say to the sons, change your, uh, love your father. We always tell the young ones, love your father. If you want to be well with you, love your father. If you want to be well, that's what we always tell the young ones. If you want it to be well with you, love your father. If you want to be well with you, father. but when I read this verse carefully, the first person, it says, the first heart that needs to be turned, the first heart that needs to turn is the heart of the father, not the heart of the child. I read it. Whose heart needs to turn first? I said, who heart needs to turn first? Yes. When I read it, when I read it carefully, it said, the heart of the fathers to the children. So, the, the, the order is that, father, turn your heart to the child. And when you turn your heart to the child, the child will then turn their heart to you, father. Church is quiet. Do you know why? Do you know why, why it's an appeal? You see? Because you see, if you're a father, there are many things that a child can do to you that your heart will be out. If you're a father, there are many things that a child will do to you that at a point your heart will be out of the child. Yeah. Yeah. If you're a father. There are many things. There are many things that a child will do to you that at a point you, you will take your heart out. So God is saying, look, I'm appealing to you. If you want your son to do well, yes, he has disrespected you. He has not honored you. He has been rude. But I want you to still turn your heart towards him. When you do that, he may turn his heart towards you. So don't cut that boy or that girl out of your heart. Yes. I'm preaching. Don't cut it. You are so hurt. Yes, disrespected, rude, did not obey you, did not listen to you, did whatever he wanted, did, and, st- and, and so you are fed up with that child. Do not, Father, do not. It's, I'm, not I'm, I'm not warning you. I'm appealing to you. Do not. I'm not warning fathers. I'm appealing to them because I can't warn fathers. You can only appeal to them. Maybe some of you, some of you should buy this message and send it to your dad. That dad, please turn your heart to me. If you turn your heart to me, it will be easy for me to turn your heart to you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm preaching. That's 
Yes. Yes. Because you see, children can do things to you if you don't take care. Yeah. I'm not talking about uh, 10 years old, 11 years old. Those are young. Those ones, those ones they, they don't hurt you. The, the young ones, the teenagers, the adults, they do stick to you. It hurts you as a father. Than what? But God is saying that look, don't allow the head to stay in your heart as a father. Otherwise, it will only bring a curse. So I beg you, turn your heart towards the child. Amen. I am just appealing to fathers. Yep. And maybe mothers as well. It's an appeal. It's an appeal. You know, that is why the great, that is why, you see, that is why God read, gave us the parable of the prodigal son. He was rude to his father. The boy was rude. Disrespected his father. Totally did whatever he wanted to do. I'm out of this house. I don't care. Look, the play that they acted. I remember one time I picked my son. My son uh, from, uh, after school program with some of uh, his uh, schoolmates. And then in the car, I had one of the, one of the girls in the car say that, man, I can't wait to be 18. Let's play. I'm, I, I heard him oh yes. Man, I can't wait to be 18. I'm out of this house. This house, every day church, every day church, every day church, I'm out of this house. And my son was quiet because he knows my opinion on that one. <laughs> he did not, he was so wise, he did not join the conversation at all because there were three of them. So the other two was talking and he knows my opinion on the topic. <laughs> so he kept quiet. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Children can make it to hurt you. How, you see how much you have suffered for this child. How much you have labored for this child. How much you have put your own career and on hold for this child. And now this child now disrespects you. You can easily cut your heart off. But the father of the prodigal son, in spite of how, how rude boy was and how weak, how the Bible said that he stood at the window and saw the son afar off. It means that even though the boy was rude, his heart was still towards the boy. Don't turn your heart away from your child. Do not. Mother, don't turn your child away heart away from that daughter. The Bible said the boy was rude. And the boy that come and take part of the money when you are still alive. He's even wishing that you die. But the Bible says he stood and they were with a heart wishing with a heart waiting for the boy to come back. You see, one of the greatest fathers you see, one of the greatest fathers in the Bible because when Jesus Christ appeared he appeared with the fathers Elijah and Moses. One of the greatest fathers was Moses. And Moses demonstrated the most tolerant heart Moses demonstrated the most, there's a word like that, the most tolerant heart to misbehavior. 
That was Moses. That's why the Bible says he's the meekest. If you are talking about someone who had a father's heart to, to, to withstand ingratitude and misbehavior, it was Moses. That's a real father. That's why he appeared with Elijah and Jesus. That's a real father. Moses was the one that even when God was angry, look, let me kill these people. Moses said, I beg you. I beg you. I mean, he was so tolerant. Even to his own peril, he, he was still tolerant to his children. That is why when Joshua took over, he warned the people, look, I'm not like Moses. Oh. <laughs> That's why when Joshua took over, he warned the people, to me, I am not like Moses at all. You misbehave, he, he, he pardons you. Me? You see this day. That is why when Jesus appeared, he didn't, he didn't appear because he was not a father. Joshua was not a father. Elijah, you see, the fathers appeared and he appeared with the fathers. Moses and Elisha. They were both fathers. Elisha was a father. Moses was a father. Joshua was not a father. Eli Sorry. He appeared with the fathers. Correct me, those who are recording. He appeared with Moses and Elijah. I'm talking about Elijah. He appeared with the fathers, Moses and Elijah. Those are the fathers. Moses was a father. Elijah was a father. Joshua was not a father. Elisha was not a father. Elisha, you misbehave against you. He will call a sheep bear. It's not time for nonsense. You see, but when you behave like that, you are not a father. That's the certain. When you are when you have a habit of cutting people off when they misbehave, you are not a father. And you see, and whether you like it or not, it will come and hurt you in the long run. Because success is able to have an inheritor. When after you have all died, you don't have anybody to inherit you, you have not succeeded. Yeah. That's the success. The ability to have somebody to come after you. So if yes, you have succeeded, but you have cut off. You are not you are not successful. And to be able to keep people around, you must have the heart of a father. Forgive them. Forgive. You cannot be a good pastor. If I was look, even this church, I cannot be a good pastor if I don't forgive you. You know yourself. <laughs> you know yourself. Uh-huh. I'm preaching to myself. I mean, I cannot be a good father. If I was to cut you off because oh, oh no 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 no, am I pretty girl? Rachel, Rachel, where is she? Rachel, the one who recited the poem for me, where is she? And she confessed. She confessed. Rachel, let's go. I'm glad today she confessed in the pulpit. That's why she said, daughter. That's why she will be blessed. Are you hearing me? Yeah. Yeah. So, fathers, you know, fathers, I beg you. Fathers, I'm begging you. I'm a father. Father, I'm begging us. Don't cut the child out. I'm begging you. Don't. Don't. Yes, they are annoying, they are irritating, but you have a power to control their destiny. Don't let them be under a case. Hallelujah. No, it's not easy. Look. 
That's why I, I sang and said, you are a good father. Because even, even God was, if God was to cut us off, none of us would survive it anyway. Hallelujah. Are you hearing me? Yeah. My, it's my message. Very simple. Turn the hearts. Turn the heart of the fathers towards the children. You see, but what I will say as I end my message, I don't know when I will end, but I'm preaching, is that look, fatherhood is not an easy job. Can I get a witness in the church? As fatherhood is not an easy job. Not at all. You can, you, can, you can reproduce, but to father, it's a different story. You see, and because it's not an easy job, because it is not an easy job, it is not meant to be done in your own strength. Yeah. Because fatherhood is not an easy job, you are likely to fail if you do it with your own strength. Yes, that's what you don't know. It's one of the jobs that is so difficult that if you try to become a father in your own wisdom and your own strength, you, you are likely to fail. Because it's not an easy job. Exodus chapter 33. Exodus chapter 33, verse 13. Exodus 33. This is Moses. This is Moses. When God gave him the job of leading the people, becoming a father, he said, now therefore I pray thee, if I have found grace in thy sight, show me now thy way, that I may know thee, that I may find grace in thy sight, and consider that this nation, God said, Moses, I want you to lead these people. You are not the father of these people. Moses said, listen, okay, give me this job to father these people. To lead this nation and go, this is my prayer. Okay? Let me find grace in your sight and consider this nation as thy people. Verse 14. And he said, My presence shall go with thee and I will give thee rest. The job I'm giving you, you the job I've given you, you will need my presence. Otherwise, you'll never have rest. My presence. Then Moses said, and he said unto him, If thy presence go not with me, carry us not up. Don't let God, this job, this job, without your presence, don't give it to me. Job of becoming a father to these people, this job of fatherhood, to leave these people. I need your presence. I need your presence. I need your presence. I need your presence. If your presence doesn't come with me, take this job away from me. I cannot lead this nation. Becoming a father. You cannot become a good father without his presence, without his help, without his Holy Spirit. You need the presence of God. So I'm appealing to fathers. Fathers who don't pray, who are not spiritual, who don't welcome the presence of God, you will struggle. It is a job that you need his presence. Hallelujah. Verse 16. For wherein shall it be known here that I and thy people have found grace in thy sight? 
Is it not that thou goest with us? So shall we be separate, I and thy people, from all the people that are upon the face of the earth. Moses said, it is your presence that makes us different. Therefore, don't... See, I don't know why you want to become a father without needing God's help. When Moses was given the assignment, his first request, I need your presence. I need your presence. To the point that, look, if your presence doesn't go with me, don't give me this job. Why do you want to pick up this job without asking for his presence? It's a difficult job. Job to be done, it is not meant for you to do it with your knowledge, your academics, your strength, your zeal. You need his presence. Yes. You need his presence. So Moses said, look, if your presence doesn't go with me, don't send me. Yes. Because I'm giving you an assignment that has ingratitude in it. Rebellion. Look at the way the people behave. Look at the way the people of Israel behave. Don't you? Stiff-necked people. As our children are. So do you why the presence of God was said, listen, I don't want without your presence. Father, why do you want to lead your home without God's presence? Why do you have a habit of sending the women and the children to church and yet you stay home and watch ESPN? This job is not done with ESPN. Why do you send the children home and send them and watch uh, World Cup, Nigeria versus Croatia? This job does not require, this is, this is not uh, uh, Portugal and Spain. You don't need Ronaldo here. You don't need Messi. You need a, you don't need Messi. You need God's mercy. Not Leonardo. No. <laughs> the mercy you need here is not uh, Christian. What's his name? What do you? The mercy you need is not Leonardo Messi. You need the mercy of God. Yeah. Hallelujah. Church, are you hearing me? Yeah. Because it's a difficult job. Yeah. It's a job that, it's, a, it's, 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 it's even a job that your deficiency, you see, fatherhood, your deficiencies on your weakness, which you sacrifice for the son, is the same thing that he will use to insult you. That's true, I'm telling you. Your very weakness, which you sacrifice, is what you will use to insult you. Yeah. What you have sacrificed for is what you will use. To, the same thing that you sacrifice for. Or even if you don't sacrifice for, the very thing that you are shy and you, you, you feel about what you will use to insult you. You'll be surprised that the very boy will not tell you that, well, I mean, I mean if you had done this, we will not be in this situation. Ingratitude. That is why you need his presence. So I don't see why you are a father and you don't come to church. You don't go down on your knees to pray. You don't seek his presence. You are de dealing with a difficult job without God. You are likely to fail. You know? 
you, you, you learn certain things. You see, parents, like for me, for instance, for me. And you know, my father was not charismatic. He was a Catholic. One thing I do always remember my father is that when you go to his room, someone on a west, it was always classic. You see, I'm kneeling by the bed. That's what my father doing. My father was always leaning by his bed. After work, he would kneel and pray. It wasn't a charismatic tongue speaking. Just religious. He would lean by his bed and pray. And I also remember that everywhere we moved, because we moved from place to place, everywhere we go, when my father sets his bedroom, he puts a cross above the bed. I don't know why, but I copied it. So me too, everywhere I go, we've come to my brother's cross there. I don't know. I learned from my father. <laughs> That's all. Huh? That's what I saw my father do. So everywhere I moved, as soon as I put my bed, the next thing I do is a cross. I, I don't know what it means. That's what my father did. And I will not be surprised if my son did the same thing. I will not be sure if my children do the same thing. Everywhere I move, as soon as I get, I get a bed, Cross because <laughs> my father that did it. Yeah. It's, not, it's not an easy job. You need a cross. <laughs> look, you see a son stand up to, to his father. Tell your father that this, you can't do this. You can't treat mom this way. No, no. Hey. Grown up boy. If you are grown enough, move out and get your own apartment. Don't stay in this house and give me instructions. <laughs> yeah. Hallelujah. John chapter 2. My appeal to the fathers. Look. We need his presence. John chapter 2. We preach this message most often at weddings. But look at it carefully. Verse 1 to 10. Do you have the NIV? Maybe to make it better sense. But we can read this one too. If you have the NIV, fine. Give me the NIV. On the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there. And Jesus and his disciples has also been invited to the wedding. I'm reading my scripture. The mother was there. Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. This was his answer. Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, my hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so. And the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside, saying, Shh, come, 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 and said, everyone brings us the choicest wine first, and then the cheaper wine after the guests have drunk too much. But you have saved the best till now because it is common practice 
common practice that when you go have a party, you serve the, the best wine. Because when people are booze, they don't care. They are, boozman is boozman. <laughs> you understand? Once you are booze, you are boozman is boozman. Boozman, you can give me anything. So that is how we do. But come. You, you did the reverse. You know? It means that the normal thing, see, the normal thing is that things decay. Things don't get better. Good wine first, decay comes. So, it is not normal for things to be. They get better with time. For things to get better with time, as, 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 as opposed to the natural decay, some intervention must come in. You do understand what I said? Some supernatural intervention must come in. Because the natural order of things, that things get worse. So for things to get better with time, something supernatural must intervene. Hallelujah. And this is my message to fathers. I mean, go back to verse 1. Verse 1 says that there was a wedding. Took place in Galilee. Verse 2. And Jesus and his disciples also had been invited. The good thing that these people did at their wedding was that they invited Jesus. Yes. Somehow, somebody had the sense of mind that this wedding, let's invite him. Somehow. The first thing they did or the best thing they ever did, whoever organized the wedding, the wedding planner, they, they invited him. They invited him. He was invited at the beginning of the wedding, not when the problem began. He was not invited. It was not when the wine got finished. They said, hey, what shall we do? Let's go invite him. No, they invited him early. My father, fathers, bring him early into your life. Not when the problem has begun. Bring him early. Don't seek the pastor's counsel, the advice when there's a problem. Now that everything is okay, bring him early. You need Jesus in your life. That's the good thing they did. So when the problem came, he was already there. Don't wait for situations. That's why I'm saying that. So, so invite his presence early. His presence early. And even the second part is even more interesting. I think verse 4. Go back. Okay. When the wine was gone, Jesus was there. They have no more wine. And I am sure. Was Jesus invited? Was Jesus invited? Was Jesus invited? And I'm sure when the, when, when the wine got finished, I'm sure there was a panic. It, hey, look, shh, disgrace is coming. Embarrassment is coming. Hey, what should, look, go and check to see whether KNG is, uh, where did they say wines? What are the wine stores? Wines and spirit store. Can somebody go to wines and spirit store? To make sure that this one, hey, what are wine reps? Do they say shop right? Or do they say wine shop right? Costco. Huh? Huh? Mr. Beer. 
uh, like okay, go to like okay, go to like down the block. I'm sure they was panicking. They was panicking. I'm sure they could see the disgrace coming. Look, look, look. Why did you order only three? You see, the case, you see, you don't think, you don't plan. And said it was panic. And I'm sure Jesus was sitting now quietly. Yes, you have invited him. You have invited him. Verse 3. His mother came to him. This was Jesus' answer. Woman, why do you involve me? Woman, why do you involve me? Woman, why do you involve me? It means all this while he has been invited, but he was not involved. They had not involved him. Yes, he's there. He is there, but they have not involved him. They have not involved him. His presence, he is there. They have invited him, but he's not involved. Don't listen to me, fathers. You don't need you. Uh, you don't need to be born again to be saved. Involve God. You need His presence. Involve Him. Involve Him. Don't just let Him be in your life. Involve Him. And to involve Him is you pray. Preaching. It means you pray. It means you pray. It means you are a father who prays. Don't just let Him be there. Involve Him. He can be. You see. When the disciples were in the boat and the boat said they were going and there was a, a great storm and there was, the boat began to sink. Jesus was in the boat but he was asleep. And, and so he was in the boat. He was asleep. So long as he's in your boat but asleep, the boat will rock. You need to wake him up. You need to wake him up. Father, you need to go down on your knees and say, Lord Jesus, concerning this marriage, concerning this job, concerning this situation, I need your help. I need to be serious with my God. I need to involve you in my life. Fathers, I'm begging fathers to go down on their knees and involve him. He may be in the boat, but he can be asleep. Yeah. Am I going to have fathers who pray? I want to hear from the fathers. Am I going to have fathers who pray? I can't hear you. Can I have can I have fathers who pray? Can I have fathers who pray? So do you think I should maybe I should organize a one-day retreat for all the men? Do you think I should do it? You should go for it. You think so? Only men. Are you sure? Are you sure? All day with men only. And after that, it doesn't end. It becomes a habit to involve him. Because he may be in the boat, but he's asleep. Your boat will sink. He had a wedding, but you're not involved with him. There will be disgrace. Yeah. Yeah. All that I'll say is that when real men are giving jobs, they involve God. When real men are giving jobs, they involve God. When real men are giving a job, they involve God. Moses involved God's presence. When Jesus Christ was given us, even though he was God, he waited for the Holy Spirit. When the disciples were given assignment, they waited for the Holy Spirit. Don't take the assignment without his presence. 
Stand up to your feet and let's close. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So you Thank you, Holy Spirit. Yes, Lord. Father, we thank you. As we even remember today as Father's Day. The Bible says you are the Father of all spirits. And the Bible says you are our Father in heaven. And your word says if our heart is turned away from the children, a curse will come. But sometimes, Father, the children are difficult. The situations are difficult. The problems are insurmountable. That is why this afternoon we lift up our hands for your presence. May your presence be with us. May your presence be with us. Like Moses said, if your presence does not go, send us not. Father, this afternoon we lift up our hands to surrender. That we cannot do it with our own strength. We cannot do it with our own might. We cannot do it with our own knowledge. We need your presence. May your presence be upon us. Father, with every father's hand that has lifted up here, 
I pray and beg and appeal that your presence will be with them. May they not labor and struggle alone. For many have failed in this job. But may your presence be with them. May they never fail. May they never fail. May they never fail. May they be a channel of blessing and not a channel of curse. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. With every eye closed, you are here, you are not born again. That's a serious problem. If you are not born again, you see, if you are not saved, then um, if you are not saved, or you are not born again, or you are not a true Christian, then the, re- the, the fact is that Satan is your father. Then the, then the devil is your father. You, God is only your father after you saved. And I don't know why you want to have the devil as your father. Jesus Christ said that you are of your father the devil. I didn't say. So unless you are a Christian, the devil is your father. And if the devil is your father, you can, you can, you can know where, where it is going to end. But this afternoon, God so loved the world, he sent his only begotten son, that whosoever believed in him will not perish. So this afternoon, I want to give you an opportunity to accept Jesus Christ as your personal savior. Accept God's son as your personal savior. And God will become your father. And the Bible says he's a good father. So if you are not saved, look, it's very simple. I want everybody to close your eyes and listen to me carefully. It's very simple. You must believe in God. You must accept that you are a sinner. You must do it in public. If you do these three things, you'll be saved. If you have not done it in public, or you have not done it before somebody else, you are not saved. So if you have not done it, whereby you accepted Jesus Christ before somebody else, you are not saved. So if not, please do it now. And I want you to do it now, whilst I'm waiting. So lift up your hand, and I'll pray for you. If you haven't done it, I'm, asking, I'm waiting for you. That's where God sent his son. Don't assume. I mean, whether you like it or not, if you have not done this, the devil is your father. If you haven't done this, the devil is your father. So if you, if you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your personal savior, then the devil is your father. That is why this afternoon I'm making an appeal. Young or old, make sure. Make sure that you are born again. There's, there's room. I'm waiting. There's room for you. There is room for you. If you have not done it, I'm waiting for you. Father, we thank you. We thank you this afternoon for salvation. Thank you that nobody here will die and go to hell. In Jesus' name. Amen. Put your hands together for the Lord. Hallelujah. Take your seat. We hope that you've been blessed. Come join us for any of our services. Contact us on lci.newyork at gmail.com and visit us on the web at www.lcimanhattan.com.